Welcome to Sacred Starlight Spiritual Podcast. I'm Rebecca Muir, a professional astrologer, energy healer, meditation teacher, musician, and good witch. This is the sacred meeting place of magic, metaphysics, and grace. Hello and welcome to your Sacred Starlight Astrology Forecast for September of 2022. My name is Rebecca Muir, and I'll be giving you all the details. I am grateful that we, that I personally made it through August. Um, there was a lot of progress in August, but it was one of the more growing pains, challenging months in terms of astrological configurations for the year. Um, so September feels different and is a bit milder, I would say. Um, the fall, we're going to have some more intensity and a lot of review and reintegration and a lot of slowing down and yeah, integration, sort of retrograde or backwards moving energy before we really launch forward into 2023 and some big shifts. Um, but September, we're sort of we're past August and we're before eclipse season and some more intense retrograde. So this is, um, yeah, a milder month. Let's just say that. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just a brief announcement before I start with my opening prayer. You can find me always at sacredstarlight.com and on Instagram at sacred underscore starlight. But I've also decided on a bit of a whim to launch a Patreon. Um, some of you that are watching these forecasts know that I have in the past hosted a lot of meditation and energy healing events, guided journeys. I've been a little bit um, on a hiatus from that for a while. So those are going to be coming back. They won't be entirely behind a paywall on Patreon. I'll be doing some of them in person here in Los Angeles with some live streaming tickets. Not that many, um, but some. And then launching a Patreon on September 1st. And those will have full moon um, guided meditation journeys with energy healing and mysticism and all of the mathematical heady astrology as well sort of blended. And so I'll be offering full moon journeys every month as well as new moon uh, magic coffee hour <laughs> and sacred chit chat and where you can, we can kind of just share and relax and, you know, ask questions, do community sharing. Um, I am, what else am I sharing? Early access to this forecast every month. So it'll be posted to the public on the first of every month, but patrons will get it earlier, at least two to three days earlier, if possible, um, more so. And yeah, I also have at some higher tiers, some one-on-ones, but the pricing for it is there are four tiers that are basically all the same. It includes it includes all the journeys and the, the meditation journeys, the full moon journeys and the new moon magic coffee hour, um, the early access to the forecasts. You know, there's digital downloads of stuff that, you know, my past meditations, which have only been available via streaming, which you can have the digital downloaded files um, and just anything else I have the bandwidth and space. It'll all be under this, like, the same four tiers. You're just going to choose the one that you can afford to pay. Um, I don't want this to be something that is not accessible for people. And so um, I'm just trusting people to pay the one they can afford to easily pay. Um, the, the first tier is um, $8. 
then it goes to $20, then $33 and $44, but they're all the same offering. So you just, hopefully, if you want to join me in that space, um, you can sign up at patreon.com. So I think, but I don't even, like I said, this is so uh, spur of the moment for me. I just launched on there. I haven't told anyone. I don't even know if it's like slash sacred starlight, but I'm sure if you search for me, Rebecca Muir, or search for sacred starlight, you can find me on there. And there are um, a select number of uh, spots on certain higher tiers that have monthly one-on-ones as well. So um, going into retrograde season, it seems a little strange to be launching that, but I do have Jupiter on my natal Mercury. So for my chart, at least that makes sense. Jupiter rules my house of publishing, spirituality, and teaching, and it's on my communications planet. So I'm just going to roll with it and see what happens. These are offerings that I really enjoyed doing in the past. Even if it's a small number of people that I see there, it's just going to be so wonderful to connect with people on a consistent basis and just, yeah, be in community together. So feel free to join me there. I would really appreciate your support. But either way, um, yeah, just thank you for being here. Okay. This is general weather for everybody. So please keep that in mind. This is the conditions not the outcome. I want us to really remember um, to not collapse down into any sort of um, projections that something negative might happen or, or confine ourselves to anything. The, I really believe the future is open. So don't allow anything that I say in this forecast, please, to limit you in any way at all. Um, this is literally just some themes, some archetypes. This is definitely weather. It's currents that we're swimming in. And you can take whatever um, personal spiritual belief system you have or philosophical belief system that you have. And just take take this from there and use it however you, you would like to. For me, I see every alignment, even the challenging ones, and maybe especially the challenging ones, as part of a divine, um, divine alignment. It's all sacred. Every sky is perfect. Um, and so when we have the weather with these astrological forecasts, we can surf a bit, maybe. Um, we have a little bit more self-awareness. We can maybe see the forest instead of just the trees and um, potentially we'll have the opportunity to be a bit more strategic with our planning and our actions, bring mindfulness and, and grace into um, any challenging weather and um, hopefully just move through it uh, with the potential for a little more success. Okay. And it, if astrology seems like a lot, it, it is a lot. It's a lot of details. It's very easy to get lost. So let's ground ourselves in and with an opening prayer. Dear force of infinite love, infinite mercy and magic and wisdom and compassion and grace, force of infinite goodness and possibility and power and strength, be with us now, be with everyone now that's listening in on this forecast in every direction of time and space. I ask you to bless this forecast, get me out of the way so that I... Um, I'm a clean and clear channel for whatever is meant to come through. Guide my words um, and just cloak, cloak us all 
and this whole world in grace and help us to remember our own power to move through this world and in a creative way and help us to remember your power as well. Great spirit, great mystery, higher self, heart of God, father, mother, God, by any name anyone wants to call you. Help us to remember your power to lean on you as well as we are carried and we are all woven through this, this um, perfect divine, divine configuration. Thank you so much. Bless this whole world. Bless this whole cosmos. Amen. Okay. Let's ground ourselves into Virgo season because this is where we're starting. So, oh, and I'm going to need to do a screen share. Thank you. We got the details. So, for anyone that was with me in the August forecast, we've covered this, but it's just very important. Um, when we look at there's a million things going on in the sky at any given time, but the sun is in Virgo right now. Um, and that's what makes it Virgo season. Virgo is an earth sign. It's very grounded. It's also a mutable earth sign. So it is the only earth sign that is mutable, flexible. It's much more able to pivot. Um, it's not as rigid or as rock solid, but still very grounded and very practical. So I'm going to just read these keywords because, um, I feel like that is going to help us all. This is part of the palette we are swimming in and working with in this period of time. So through September 22nd, when we will shift into leader season, we're still in Virgo season. So a positive way to work Virgo energy is to be grounded in the physical world. The mundane, which isn't insignificant whatsoever or anything less divine or less spiritual. I think God is in my cup of, cup of coffee. In fact, I know God is there. <laughs> so grounded in the physical world, the mundane, getting things done, process. So not just expecting stuff to get instantly done, but being down for the process of whatever that's going to take. Production and harvesting, problem solving, writing, editing, publishing, communications, idealism or being idealistic, analytical, detail-oriented, self-discipline, skilled, observant, precision, meticulous, caring, helpful, service-oriented, altruistic, practicality, pragmatism, resourceful, I love that one, green thumb, sensible, functional and functionality, work ethic, humility, modesty, purity, materialization, productivity, health and healing, hygiene, well-being, fitness, beauty, skin care, daily routines and regimens, systems, order, organization, cleanliness, adaptability, that's that mutable element, right? So it's earth and it's grounded, but it's adaptable. It's mutable. Diligence, efficiency, low key and behind the scenes. So not needing a spotlight. It's a big shift out of Leo energy. Reserved, discerning, 
independence and sovereignty. And I also find just this random at the end, well-read. Virgo um, can be quite well-read. So those would be all sort of colors or words that we can draw from to work some of Virgo season's biggest magic. Um, some shadow Virgo, because every energy is neutral, right? So there's a healthy ways it can express. And then there's also a challenge. It's like a double-edged sword, right? So challenging ways that um, we may experience Virgo energy is being so caught into the details and wanting to do a good job that we just get sucked into perfectionism and can't enjoy any, like, we're just looking at the flaws so much that we can't enjoy um, anything. So perfectionism on an unhealthy level being fussy or picky or nitpicking, overly critical, self-critical, anxious, imposter syndrome. So like feeling like you have to be so perfect that you never offer anything because um, you're worried that it's not going to be perfect or good enough. So then you, you know, you don't get to share this magic with the world. Being restless, uh, cold and detached, high maintenance, serious, prudish, a germaphobe, perhaps, a know-it-all, or being totally lost in the details. And this is not pointing a finger at any Virgos, um, but this is just where this energy can go sometimes if someone is out of a state of balance with it. So something to, um, I like to look at those because I like to pull my favorite ones, um, just pull my favorite ones and say, I'm going to kind of keep this in my awareness throughout this Virgo season um, and use this energy in this way. Some questions that we can ask ourselves in Virgo season. And I love asking questions rather than telling people what to do. That's why I like the keywords. Um, and to begin this forecast, it may seem a bit long winded, but it's like, I don't want to lock us down into this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Trust me, I'm going to get heady and into the details soon enough, but let's just remember how open everything is. And um, yeah, just ask ourselves some of these questions that are uh, Virgo themed. So the first question is, where is there magic in the mundane? More questions. I'm just going to read them off. What grounds me and connects me to the world? Am I dreaming or am I doing? What daily routine or regimen will support my goals? What daily routine or regimen will support my healing and specifically my health and well-being and even my beauty? What are three details in my life that when tended to with diligence and love will yield a bountiful harvest? How am I helping and serving others? Where can I invoke self-discipline? Where in my life can I create order? Where in my life can I allow myself to trust the process? And last but not least, what does sovereignty feel like in my body? And just to tie that in, Virgo being the virgin, virgin did not mean sexually chaste in the old days. And I wish I had researched. I like to cite my sources because I can be nitpicky like that too. I don't have a source to cite for you. But if you do even a Google on this, there's so much information that um, Virgo, virgin, uh, had to do with a woman that was sovereign, um, that was 
um, not necessarily under the jurisdiction of a husband or a man per se, as far as I understand. So this is where that sovereignty element comes in. Virgo can be so independent. <laughs> and of course, no one is an island, but just something to think about. Okay, so moving into this forecast, here we are. And this is an Aries rising chart, just because when I'm spinning this wheel and I'm animating the chart and moving the planets around, it's just going to make it way easier to look at. Um, in any given location, the rising sign will change, you know, constantly. So... Here we go. We are on September 1st. And before, yeah, this is what, because we are about to just go into the detail rabbit hole in terms of the specific aspects, just as an overview, things are starting to slow down. Um, we are going to have a Mercury retrograde this month on September 9th. Um, so Mercury, Mercury, who rules Virgo, um, the, the planet Mercury is the ruler of Virgo season, will be retrograde for pretty much most of the month. And then by the time um, it goes direct, which is on, not until October 2nd, um, October has already has Mars slowing down to go retrograde. So there's just, and, and right now we do have an extraordinary number of planets retrograde. In fact, the only planets that are not yet retrograde, um, Mercury is already being marked slow here as of September 1st. You can see that uh, as I look down here in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. So Venus is direct and Mars is direct, but Mars is going to be slowing down shortly and going backwards. Jupiter is retrograde. Saturn is retrograde. Neptune is retrograde. Pluto is retrograde. Uranus is retrograde. The sun and moon never go retrograde. Um, so it's a lot of backwards moving energy. So just as an overall, before we get lost in details, knowing that in the fall, it doesn't mean we can't launch new things, but that... Um, there may be just a lot of stuff that we're completing and finishing up, or we may have to go back and review and integrate things before we can really move forward into a new era. Um, let's see. And Mars doesn't go retrograde very often. So we'll be talking about that. It's like the least often of any planet. We'll be talking about that more in October and November. But the story that's unfolding um, with that has already begun. Uh, we have a lot of planets on the mutable axis, which means that people with birthdays um, like Virgo, Gemini, Pisces, and Sagittarius are just having a lot more activation by the current transits than we've seen in a long time. It's been the people on the fixed axis that have been getting their butts kicked a bit more Aquarius, Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, um, and Cardinal signs. Um, you know, just the mutable people have been like kind of <laughs> not in the line of fire directly, like so much, um, but that's shifting as well. So when I say line of fire, it's not anything to fear, but it's just that at different points in the cycle, um, there are certain signs that really get activated for change and for moving forward. And so now mutable folks, it is your turn. There is a lot happening on this mutable axis. And so things may heat up for you more so if you are a Virgo, a Pisces, uh, 
Gemini or a Sagittarius um, through the entire fall, but it's specifically like starting the last couple weeks of uh, August. And then like since August 20th, when Mars moved into Gemini, a mutable sign. And then now through September, we'll be really seeing that because Virgo is a mutable sign. So we not only do we have Mars there, we have um, the sun there. We're going to have Mercury retrograding back into Virgo, a mutable sign. Venus will be moving through there. Neptune has been there since forever. But there's just a lot of planets suddenly on the mutable scene, right? That's what's happening. And so um, any planet that moves through Virgo has to come into an uncomfortable aspect with Mars and an uncomfortable aspect with Neptune. And uncomfortable is not necessarily bad. It's just uncomfortable. Usually we don't see a lot of progress or change in our lives unless we are uncomfortable and become motivated to make those changes. So it's always generally pretty good news, even if it's not um, the most comfortable, but just I really wanted to kind of point that out because it's a really significant shift from where we've been. The last, like I said, August was all fixed axis discomfort. And so fixed axis people, Aquarius, Leo, people with planets or significant placements in Aquarius or Leo or Scorpio or Taurus, August may have been particularly difficult. Um, and there may be some relief now, unless you also have a lot of planets on the mutable axis. <laughs> so, um, we have a grand trine in earth which is nice grand trines are when we have planets in every single earth sign so we have the sun and other planets will be moving into virgo we have uranus and the north node in taurus another earth sign and we have pluto in capricorn so even though like i said there's a lot of backwards moving energy things are integrate or starting to you know it's it's really going to peak later in the fall but we are having this mercury retrograde this month there's still a lot of kind of grounded like we may be able to progress by reviewing and integrating in some really concrete and inspired and empowered ways this grand trine in earth is very much to do with like what is um able to manifest in the world so that's nice and we also have a grand trine in air um, because we have mars and gemini in air sign saturn and aquarius in air sign and we have uh currently mercury mercury and libra which is an air sign and we'll also have venus moving into libra and air the you know, an air sign. So it's like this trifecta of planets and all these air signs um, are working well together. And air is very much about the intellect and ideas. It's very light. And so even though Mercury is going to be retrograde, like I said, we want to be mindful. We are probably going to get, you know, have to check ourselves a little bit if we're trying to just spin off into the sunset and, you know, but there's a lot of, um, mental stimulation and ideas and speech and communications that can really be um, quite active this month and worked through. The thing with this month and through the fall is that even with all this retrograde energy, it's actually such important progress and growth, even though it may not feel like it. It's like you have to untangle certain knots or like I said, integrate things. Um, Yes. Okay, great. So, um, and the times are in all Pacific. So, because we are in LA right now. Let's start. Thursday, September 1st. The first thing that we have going on here, the first, and we have a moon starting off in Scorpio, which is a little heavier, but certainly not as much so as, you know, the last month. I think, you know, if you watched my last forecast saying 
every time the moon moves into Scorpio, it's really gnarly. Well, you'll still have some edges, but um, it's certainly not so not so much, not so edgy, not so harsh this month. So um, the moon and Scorpio were kicking off the month here. And but we have a Mars sex, uh, sextiling Jupiter. So Mars is in Gemini which is an air sign and it's very active. It's very uh, mentally stimulating, very communicative, generally all over the place and, and doing a lot of things, very zippy. The planet of war and leadership and like the charge is in that sign. It entered on August 20th. And so that is making a sextile to Jupiter in Aries and Jupiter is retrograde. Um, I think we are going to have this. I don't know if we're going to have this aspect a few times, but um, Mars typically belongs in the sign of Aries. So it's like received by Jupiter. So not only is it a harmonious aspect of a sextile, um, but there's a little extra, the, the reception there by Jupiter in its, um, into Mars's home sign of Aries kind of makes it get along even more nicely. So for me, this is an aspect of inspiration and productivity. It's kind of juiced. Um, sextiles, a lot of astrologers like to say that they're minor aspects, um, but well, not necessarily, they're not that strong. I, they, they do stabilize things. They offer some very nice support. So, um, this is nice here kicking off the start of the month there could you know it's fire and air it's inspired it can be productive um and some you know some sparks can fly some things can pop especially in your aries and gemini houses okay so yeah this moon in scorpio is here um in the evening is when you're getting a little bit more of that chafing from the moon in Scorpio squaring Uranus at around 8.06 PM Pacific time. Um, it's actually opposing Uranus, my bad. And then squaring Saturn, who is, uh, yeah, both these planets are retrograde. Uranus and Saturn, Saturn are retrograde. It's going to square Saturn at 11.02 PM Pacific. So it's a little bit more tense as an evening. Um, and when then we're going into the weekend, Friday, September 2nd. The moon enters Sagittarius at 3.39 p.m. Um, and so every time in my forecast last month, I was like, oh, this moon in Sag is so much lighter. It is, but it's Sagittarius is a mutable sign. So now the mutable axis has a little bit more heat um, and some testiness. So it's mixed. Um, it's the first quarter square. We have the sun in Virgo and the moon in Sag. So, you know, um, there's usually some sort of tweaking or potential like discomfort, not necessarily bad. Sagittarius is very fun, loving and expansive and like, let's have a good time and explore and be open. Um, but there may be some details that get fussy or need that you need to tweak. Um, yeah, we tweak from what the seeds we planted on the new moon. So yeah, the moon immutable signs has a bit more to contend with than previous months. But this Sag moon is supported by Jupiter who's retrograde in Aries this weekend, especially tomorrow, Saturday. So yeah, we'll have the moon in this kind of bright, happy, fiery sign of Sagittarius. And it's going to trine Jupiter, which is really nice, but it's going to oppose Mars. So 
you could be like really excited and very expressive or kind of fiery about something. Um, but it's a lot easier to, there could be like some kind of stinging, especially with like verbal stuff at some point. Let's see, did I write down the exact time that's going to happen? I didn't. Anyhow, Moon and uh, Sag is, is pretty nice for a weekend, but just, you know, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Mercury um, is also opposing, so Mercury in Libra is opposing Jupiter, who is retrograde at six minutes and 40 seconds or six degrees and 40 minutes of Libra Aries. And that happens at 649 p.m. on Friday, September 2nd. So this is an aspect we are going to have um, three times because Mercury is going to go backwards. And so it's going to oppose Jupiter again. And then when it goes forward, it will oppose Jupiter again. So this is kind of like the beginning um, of some sort of unfolding of a story here. So Mercury, the planet of communication and Libra, the sign of manners and relationship and harmony. Um, opposing Jupiter, who is a benefic and likes everything to be nice, but um, in fiery Aries, there could be some sort of me we balance that needs to be struck here it could be easier to like speak your mind and then you know have to kind of balance um or bring some diplomacy to that after you've spoken your mind or maybe somebody speaks their mind to you and there there's something that needs to be balanced here an opposition is a hard aspect but jupiter is a benefic or um quote unquote, good, easier planet. So we'll see what happens here. Um, and it could be like, yeah, the beginning of this story. And then the next couple times we have this aspect, it kind of unfolds. There's also a potential for mercurial things, which are communication or like buzzing around, zipping around um, to just be overblown. Like you're just trying to do a lot of stuff, especially because Mercury is trying Mars here that Mars is like gasoline or stepping on the gas, you know, it wants to kind of um, really push things forward. So actually, it's really funny. So Mercury is in this uh, trine, Mercury and Libra is uh, slowing down to go retrograde and it's trine Mars, but it never perfects that trine, because it's going to slow down over the next couple days and stop. But it's still it's so close right now. Um, so there may be something that we're like trying to get done. And uh, maybe we're trying, like we're expending a lot of energy or like putting a lot of effort into it. And it's like almost, but it's just, it's a, like, or it's like you're wobbling, you're like a little bit, you know, stepping on the gas and getting a little out of control. It's not terribly negative, um, but it's easy to overdo or overextend or be out of balance, um, especially in communication. So it's also easy, fairly easy to recover. So just, yeah. Strive, striving for balance. This also has to do with any sort of like moving around with travel or trade because Mercury does have to do with technology, but it also has to do with like um, commerce. That's where the word commerce comes from is commercury, right? So um, yeah, just something to note. Saturday, September 3rd, Mars is officially marked as moving slow on this day and it will not station to go retrograde until October 30th. And it's only September 3rd. So it's a really long period where, you know, Mars moved into the sign of Gemini, um, which is very communicative and very mental and stimulated. Um, it moved in on August 20th and it will be there, I think, until March 25th or some crazy thing like that. It's like seven months and five days. I can't remember what I said in my last forecast, but it's a really long time. 
And so before it stations retrograde, it's just slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. So that's why, you know, even though the retrograde is only for about two months, it just takes so long to slow down to go retrograde before that retrograde happens. And then after it goes direct, it takes so long to pick back up the speed that it had that that's why it's just going to be in Gemini for a really long time. Sunday, September 4th. Venus enters Virgo. We just need to skip it forward. What time does that happen at 9.05 Pacific? Yeah, so 9.05 p.m. Pacific. And so that's September 5th, um, just after midnight for East Coast folks. So Venus in Virgo. Now we have two planets in Virgo. And Venus, it's interesting, she has mixed dignity here. And dignity just refers to um, how comfortable is she, how powerful is she in any given place, how well resourced is she to do what she wants to do venusian things loving things harmonious things beautiful things things to do with relating and um and love and abundance and just everything nice in life all the good stuff in life venus is said to be in fall here which is the opposite of dignity she does very well in pisces which is actually some of the same significations as i just mentioned with neptune pisces is the higher realms it's spirit it's it's love it's oneness it's god it's music it's art because it's so soft it's like here venus can um can really connect and love and be open and uh this is when we had venus and pisces through um the spring <laughs> so uh she doesn't nitpick so much here she's just she's soft she can let things slide she can let things go in uh, venus and virgo is so detail oriented that she literally misses nothing and you know she could be quite romantic but she may have everything planned of how she wants it to be and so if things don't go according to plan or they don't, you know, you can't tick every single box on your list of things you want your desired partner, like, you know, you, you know, if she gets a little overcritical, it can be a little tougher here. That said, it's so interesting because Venus also has some dignity here that is, you know, by triplicity. Um, so she does have dignity in the element of Earth, just uh, in and of itself, she can bring beauty in and be in the earthly realm. And then through the middle degrees, I don't work with decanic dignity. There are other sort of subdivision yet. One of these days I'll get to it. It's on my list. Um, check out like the astrology podcast or Austin Copic for those things. But there, um, there is a section of Virgo where Venus gets like an additional layer of dignity through um, the decans. So she is fairly well resourced here it's not just that she's you know not just in fall um she can do really well here just it's a little bit like i said mix so you just want to be mindful of being too picky to you know you don't want to let let uh, perfectionism get in the way of love or abundance or success or anything right she doesn't like to get to you know you, you don't want to be a little you've got to be a little bit messy Okay. Venus and Virgo can bring beauty to the details, beauty to productivity, beauty to service, and beauty regimens may like get a boost here too. So one of my thing, things I laugh about with Virgo is skincare. Um, but I'm like, that really gets amped up when you have Venus and Virgo. Um, 
service also because Virgo, Virgo has a lot to do with being of service. It's a work-based sign, but it's very humble and it's very behind the scenes. And so that is very beautiful. That is like true altruism and what is more more loving than that. And Venus being the planet that does um, have love significations, that makes sense. So service is very beautiful. Venus in any regard is going to bring blessings to the Virgo uh, sector of your chart. She's a benefic planet. Everywhere she goes, she brings um, grace and beauty and goodness and, and love and things like that. So if you have any Virgo planets, um, when she comes through Virgo, she's going to be a really positive, helpful influence. And also happy birthday, Virgos. Yeah. So this just says don't nobody nitpick too hard because no one is perfect right? <laughs> Thursday, September 8th is a potentially edgier or more intense day. So get your favorite treats lined up or your favorite people lined up and just resource yourself as best you can. So Mercury is now officially stationing to go retrograde tomorrow on the 9th, but we are really feeling things already now. Um, when a planet stations, it's like, and it has to slow down to stop. It's just not moving. It's bearing down with a lot of intensity on one particular degree of the Zodiac. Um, so this is a, you know, eight degrees of Libra. So that's pretty intense. Ooh, that's on my natal Mars. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. So be extra respectful and thorough in your communications. Back up your files. Not an amazing day to book a trip or take one, but if you have to do that or you have to sign a contract or do something like that, like don't worry. Just leave yourself as much room as you can to tweak later as possible. It's possible things could unfold differently than what you expect under these types of aspects. It's not like a terribly negative, you know, um, we're in a sign-based sign from uh, sign-based trine from Saturn, sign-based trine to Mars. Like there's not, it's not terrible, but it is just a Mercury station in Libra. And especially for people that have planets at around eight degrees of Libra or the cardinal signs, you want to be, just bring extra grace and mindfulness to all of your mercurial endeavors, be it communications, uh, travel, technology, and trade. Um, great. Okay. The moon in Aquarius is squaring Uranus also like really early in the morning this day, 326am and conjoining Saturn early in the morning, 534am West Coast time. So um, this day could be potentially just a bit heavier, a bit more serious, a bit more volatile, potentially feel a little stifling or oppressive or just dry. Maybe you have a bunch of work you have to do and you're like frustrated if things are kind of not panning out exactly the way that you would like for them to just be patient. This is a divine cycle. Every planet is in the place that it's in. I, on purpose, that's what I think anyway. I don't, nothing is random. Um, so just know that, you know, this is part of our process of, you know, we're doing stuff or being done and um, we're going to be okay. We're, nothing ever stays the same. We're moving through it. 
Okay. East Coast mo- folks may feel this a little bit more because it's like at the beginning of your work day. <laughs> um, so just invoke your best qualities. And we are on the, also on the buildup in general to the full moon, which is happening on Saturday. Um, so energy is just intensifying. Uh, this Mercury stationing and the moon and the Saturn ruled signs kind of having some challenging aspects from other planets. Um, get your favorite treats and your favorite people. All right. So Friday, September 9th, the moon enters soft and dreamy Pisces really early in the morning, 12.42 a.m. Pacific. She's beginning her full moon phase. And because the full moon is in the wee hours of the morning on Saturday, actually, we're feeling it most intensely on Friday on the buildup, right? That's what I wanted to say earlier as well. So um, Friday feels like a full moon because it's so early in the morning. The moon also squares Mars at 4.08 p.m. on Friday, September 9th. So this is a little bit of a beasting kind of energy, but it's so quick. Um, And because of the mutable nature of the signs, like Pisces is a mutable water sign, um, Gemini um, is a mutable air sign. People in situations can often be kind of flexible and like bounce back quickly. They're not like holding grudges. Um, It's easier to come up with creative solutions, grace, forgiveness, and softness. So there's just not as much rigidity. But I did want to point out that 4.08 p.m., that moon square Mars, because that can be a little, you know, kind of thing, zippity zap. So, <laughs> skippity pap. There was like a video that my fiance showed me about this. Anyway, so Friday, September 9th, Mercury stations retrograde at 8.55 Libra, 8 degrees and 55 minutes of Libra at 8.38 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and Mercury is retrograde until October 2nd. Mercury rules communications, uh, speaking and thinking and writing learning and mental processes, processing information um, and data, making connections, connecting to points of information um, and moving around, commerce, trade, technology, definitely gizmos and gadgets, travel and vehicles. So with Mercury moving backwards, which Mercury doesn't really move backwards, but from our vantage point on Earth, it appears to to be moving backwards. And this is how astrology works, um, is that we experience it that way because of our perception. Um, It's time to review uh, whatever is in that, you know, first eight degrees or eight or nine degrees of Libra in your chart. And we'll also be moving back into your Virgo house. So whatever house Libra rules for you, this is where some of this Mercury retrograde activity and then your Virgo house is gonna be, you're gonna wanna do all these re's um review redo retrieve renew or release and you'll know you'll know what to do whatever comes back you have an opportunity to decide if you want to keep bring it forward with you or if you want to have some closure and be done with it during this period of time and it's a wonderful time and very productive to revisit old projects or anything left like halfway done that you always intended to finish It's not an amazing time to start important new ventures. Um, However, um, sometimes you have to, and don't worry, Mercury retrogrades happen three to four times a year, so they're not apocalyptic. And it really depends on your own individual birth chart and your own individual uh, transits, your, you know, whether or not 
it's a bigger year for you for Mercury retrograde. So just don't put too much fear on it, but just know because knowledge is power. Miscommunications are easier to happen during Mercury retrogrades. It's easier to say something and have it be misunderstood or to just screw up details. Um, also with Mars being in Gemini, which is the other Mercury ruled sign, um, that Gemini is words, Mars is war. There can just be like more um, like verbal conflict. Um, it's so interesting hearing some of the other astrologers talk to about like things like computer hacking and just like, uh, you know, like systems and technology, which is also very Gemini. And with Mars, Mars being kind of like the warrior in there, like, um, but this Mercury retrograde begins with a trine, a, a harmonious aspect to Mars. So that's at least pretty nice. Yeah. So this is a good time to just pause and see what's going to pop up and breathe. And like, you know, if there's any tangles that present themselves, we just like breathe and start to untangle them. And you can always ask for help from friends um, or from the universe. <laughs> and I say that to remind myself as much as anything. This Mercury retrograde in Libra is ruled by Venus in Virgo. And um, as we discussed, she's still pretty fairly well resourced um, because even though she's in fall, she has dignity by tri triplicity. Um, this is also interesting because they're in a mutual reception, Venus in Virgo and Mercury in Libra. So Mercury in Libra is in Venus's domicile and Venus in Virgo is in Mercury's domicile. And so even though they're not in their home signs, they actually are able to kind of help each other out. And the way this is like classically taught, you know, in astrology schools and such is that it's kind of like being over at your best friend's house and having them be over at your house. So, you know, you might not be in your own house, but you're not in a stranger's house, you know, and chances are your best friend, you know, you can be like a little bit more comfortable and have some resourcing. So there is support for this retrograde. And this is, you know, until Mercury moves out of um, Libra. So let's see. Venus doesn't leave Virgo until after Mercury has ingressed back into its domicile sign of Virgo, where it is empowered and well-resourced again. So this could still be a very productive Mercury retrograde, a um, lot of Virgo energy. So long as we are patient and willing to do the re's. Also, just to say this Friday, September 9th, um, we are building on the build up to this full moon. So, you know, the moon is in Pisces. Um, she hasn't totally become full yet, but when she does reach her full peak, it'll be so early in the morning that by the time you get to Saturday, she'll already be on the come down. It's still going to be full moon vibes, but Friday is definitely the day that we may be feeling it the most, um, the most intensely or Friday night. So Saturday, uh, September 10th, we do have a full moon at Pisces at 17 degrees and 41 minutes at 2.59 a.m. Pacific. And this full moon is ruled by Jupiter, who's retrograde in Aries. And Jupiter in Aries has triplicity dignity, like uh, Jupiter has dignity in, in the fire signs. But it's, you know, it's retrograde and it's not in its own domicile or exalted. Um, it's not like really... Um, it's not particularly notable, maybe. <laughs> um, so 
this full moon is much more activating the mutable axis. Again, Pisces, the moon in Pisces, full opposite the sun in Virgo, Venus in Virgo. You know, this moon is also um, square to Mars. Let me get this moon exactly, 2.50, whatever a.m., 2.59 a.m. Yeah, so at 17 degrees, we're in like a pretty solid square with Mars, which is uncomfortable, right? There could be like, um, you know, just a, an effort to try to do something that's like a little bit nebulous or like won't happen. This could be a more emotional full moon as well, because um, the moon is in Pisces, which is very soft and watery and feels all the things. Um, and yeah, opposite to the sun in Virgo, there's Full moons um, illuminate things. You can see things more clearly. You can feel things more clearly. And we tend to feel our feelings more during a full moon just in general. There's an innate polarization because you have the sun in Virgo, which wants to ground in the details. But the moon, and it, that's like the mind, the sun, the mind, the consciousness in Virgo and Venus there too, wanting to ground in details. We got Mercury's retrograde. And then the moon, which is just more our physical body, our instincts, like our lizard brain, our emotions, um, in this sort of watery, receptive, spongy, like feeling emotional sign of Pisces. And so um, it's really can be tough to integrate that. Sometimes it's like the Virgo stuff wants to control and the Pisces stuff is like what's beyond control. <laughs> the Virgo stuff is what's rooted in the world and the Pisces stuff is really what's beyond all of that. And so you'll be really feeling in your Pisces uh, sector of your chart some sort of culmination or potentially illumination or release because this is a full phase and then... Um, after this, the moon begins to wane and get smaller and release. So it's really to do with culminations, but it is square Mars. And so, um, yeah, there could just be some sort of uh, disconnect or um, something out of alignment um, with regards to the, the Gemini sector of your chart and um, the Pisces and Virgo sectors of your chart uh, could be just a little edgy or tense or, um, stinging we'll see hopefully not but again this mutable energy recovers really well it's not rigid so it's very forgiving and it's very adaptable and it can bounce back this is an extremely sensitive time um but it's great that yeah, there's the ability to um transcend and that's one of the keywords for pisces is transmutation and transcendence so it's also like a fine time for escapism too just wanting to be like oh my god there's so i'm trying to do so much in the world and there's so much going on like how can i just get away from all that and just go bliss out in the tub and um, that could be like a really really great thing to do as well or be by the water be by the ocean um yeah this moon is tightly conjunct. Well, not that tight, I guess, but it's, yeah, it's not tightly conjunct. It's conjunct Neptune though, which again gives it even more of a dreamy otherworldly quality that takes you out of the world and into the beyond. Um, so, and it's a sextile Pluto, which can be just a little support with empowerment and sextile Uranus. So it has some nice, uh, it could be inspired 
um, empowered and dreamy. It could also just be a little bit heated. <laughs> it could be steamy too. Um, so it's a great time to rest and integrate and to, to dream and pause. Because remember, Mercury is still just stationed retrograde. And so Mercury is not even moving backwards yet. It's like just not moving. So um, yeah, just, just be, with, be with, we can be with ourselves and just feel the feelings and breathe and know that the tides are shifting and turning and everything's going to be cool. Um, it's a wonderful time for art and meditation, not as much of a great time for detail-oriented endeavors and contracts and things that you need to see really clearly in the material world, because we probably aren't seeing really clearly in the material world, despite Virgo season, like all of those keywords that we went over in the beginning of this forecast. Um, this is one of those times with the Mercury station and the full moon in Virgo that we're just going to have some pushback on that. We might be trying to control everything and we're just not going to be able to. You can't, can't control it all. So this is one of those um, key, key words for Pisces is surrender. <laughs> this might be like a really good time for that. <laughs> okay. September 11th, which is a Sunday, the moon enters Aries at 2.47 a.m. We have a sun, the sun trining Uranus, who's retrograde, at 6.09 a.m. Pacific, at 18 degrees and 48 minutes of Virgo Taurus. So here's the sun in Virgo, 18, and then Uranus, and the north node really is there as well. So, um this could be a practical and unexpected like positive breakthrough or spark of genius or inspiration could be to do with anything virgo and like your health or communications um even though mercury is retrograde there still just could be like some kind of idea or something that you have that comes out of nowhere that could be really cool um whatever houses that virgo and taurus rule in your chart they're very earthy they're very grounded and it's just a nice little like zip zap of something good inspiration like potentially progress or like a stroke of genius or a good idea it's a great day for inspired writing despite mercury being retrograde especially if you're doing you know reviewing old projects or like kind of combing through old stuff right there could be something cool happens there um, the other really cool aspect that we have today is moon conjoining Jupiter, which is just like Jupiter is the planet of grace and blessings and good things. So that's at 9.31 a.m. And it's lucky, fortunate and blessed. And it could be like the energizing, like the assistance that you need. Friday, September 16th, we have Venus square Mars at 14 degrees and 22 minutes on the Virgo Gemini uh, it's not an axis, but Virgo and Gemini at 11.49 a.m. So this can be kind of tense. It's like a sexy tension. It's a quick transit because both planets move pretty quickly. Mars is kind of going slow, but Venus is still moving fast. So yeah, just some sexy tension in your Virgo and Gemini houses. It's a little heat. Um, and for anybody with Gemini placements too, just to say this really simple, um, simply Mars in Gemini brings the heat to your Gemini house. So Venus and Mars get along really well um, as planets. Actually, it's like, I think traditionally, at least in Hellenistic astrology, Venus is like Mars's only friend. 
<laughs> Venus is a lover, not a fighter, even though Mars is a fighter. So like any sort of tension can be worked out, I would say, but this is just interesting to watch. Um, yeah. Okay. Things can be worked out. It is sensitive though, because the moon does conjoin Mars though, like at 5.52 PM. So the moon really feels a lot of stuff. We have the moon on Mars here. Um, yeah. This is like definitely someone might say something that might hurt your feelings or like, you know, but it's all good. It's going to work out. You can work it out. Like I said, these Gemini placements, I keep saying it, they are not rigid. They have a lot of adaptability and bounce back. So I love that. It can be tougher to pin down, but that is one of their superpowers. The same day, Friday, September 16th, we have the sun opposing Neptune at 24... 01 Virgo Pisces, and that's at 321 p.m. So there's an additional layer here on Friday of some fogginess where we can't totally see everything fully clearly. Like there may be some of this moon over Mars or this Venus square Mars, um, whatever is happening here. This is all on the mutable axis again. So mutable people. Virgo, people with Virgo, Pisces, Sag, and Gemini placements are going to be feeling this even more so. There could just be some kind of confusion or fogginess or miscommunications and um, lack of clarity and maybe people say something about it and it's a little spicy for a minute, but we get over it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fast transit. Just be mindful of confusion. It's easy to lose our direction or just like um, space out or think you know something but not know it. Like it's easy for that kind of happen today on Friday, September 16th. Saturday, September 17th. We have Mars sextile Chiron at 15 degrees exactly gemini aries and that is just an aspect that's kind of supportive of healing and working through wounds like whether those are physical or emotional or mental or psychological it can be a bit sensitive but it's a really um it's a very supportive aspect so this is the last quarter moon um which is between the full moon and the new moon so the moon is in gemini today it's already come over Mars. It's trining Saturn in Aquarius, which is a stabilizing aspect, but it's squaring Neptune in Pisces, which is a foggy aspect. So, and squaring the sun in Virgo. So this moon in Gemini, especially with Mars there, may be trying to get a lot of things done and it may just be struggling to see clearly or to like handle all the stuff or do all the things. It could just be trying to do too much. Um, and need to end with that last quarter moon energy and need to tweak and adjust and like uh, reassess and be like, okay, let's take stock of everything. This is a good time to take stock of stuff at the end of the week here um, and be like, all right, this works. This isn't working. I'm overloaded here. I got too much going on here. What's going to work and uh, how can we move forward in a way that makes the most sense? and just simplify because it's easy to get overwhelmed with gemini energy gemini energy can really just be all over the place and um yeah like in it it's just it's a superpower but it just it likes to do a lot of stuff <laughs> and it has it has a lot of mental energy so um and with that all these planets in virgo just like wanting to have everything be so perfect it can just be like oh 
I'm struggling. So there's always going to be certain things we cannot control. And um, so just like one of those aspects where we're just doing our best, it's like that serenity prayer, Lord, give me the, um, help me, I don't know what the prayer is, but it's like, help me to take care of the things I can take care of and to like know what it is that I'm not going to be able to control. And then also give me the wisdom to know the difference. Perfect. So Sunday, September 18th. So here's where we get our second pass of Mercury retrograde opposing Jupiter. So um, this could be where things get a little confused. Uh, Mercury is retrograde in Libra and is opposing Jupiter uh, at four degrees and 52 minutes of um, in Aries. So there's something a little bit out of balance that we're trying to balance and it could be around communications and relationships. The sun is also trying Pluto today, basically. Um, that's a 2613. So at 8, 8.58 p.m. at 26 degrees and 13 minutes of Virgo Capricorn, the sun trines Pluto. And that's kind of a nice aspect for empowerment. So overall, I would say Sunday, September 18th is a really nice day. It looks like this Mercury-Jupiter aspect isn't too crazy again like it's just mercury is retrograde but jupiter is benefic like there's so many other supportive aspects this is like us figuring out what we want to do how, how to move forward you know in an empowering way and we're just finding our balance there's a lot of sensitive dreamy um and practical energy in the mix today in a nice way that flows tuesday september 20th Moon is still in Cancer, and she opposes Pluto at 8.15 a.m. Eastern. Now, I know I'm saying all these times in Pacific, but most of us are going to be asleep on the West Coast. But for you East Coast people, um, if you are in New York or Boston or wherever, if you're in Nova Scotia, as some of my people are, that's like, you know, right around when you're starting your work day or a little after, that's a sensitive aspect that can challenge people um, and make them feel a little bit out of their power or like, um, especially with authority figures and it, it's just sensitive, but it's, again, it's very quick. So um, just a brief tense moment about sensitivity and power needing to be balanced. The moon is well supported to move through this with grace. Um, later this day, like tonight, Tuesday, September 20th, Venus is trining Uranus, which is at 9.44 p.m. That's Pacific. And then like it's actually early at 12.44 a.m. on the Wednesday um, in East Coast time zone. So Venus trine Uranus, that's at 18 degrees and 39 minutes of Virgo Taurus. And Uranus is that lightning bolt, unexpected out of nowhere kind of energy and inspiration and it's in a really nice supportive aspect like this with venus who is the lover and she's in the sign of service and she wants to help and she wants everything to be perfect and beautiful this can be very creative and innovative in beauty and money as well as technology 
and relationships that can kind of liven things up, but expect the unexpected, but it's nice. Like it's nice unexpected. And later on this evening too, we have the moon in Leo trining Jupiter at 10 32 PM. So Tuesday night is kind of nice. Um, especially for this Venus trying Uranus that's in your Virgo Taurus houses, whatever that looks like for you, there could be like just a nice little like pop or zap of something moving forward. That's like a nice development that comes or an inspiration specifically Thursday, September 22nd. This is a big day, but this day, um, is the day that fall begins. So the sun ingresses into Libra, and it becomes Libra season and the start of autumn. And that happens at 5.04 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, September 22nd. So this is a, a tone shift. And Libra season is ruled by Venus, who is still in Virgo. So let's ground ourselves into Libra season. And we'll look at some of these Libra keys. And so the sun will be here in Libra until October 22nd. And so Libra energy as well um, is a neutral energy. <laughs> and you can have nice ex, uh, manifestations of it. And there's even some shadow manifestations of Libra energy, even though it's ruled by Venus. And you're like, well, what could be so negative about that? It's not negative, but we just, you know, we have to stay in balance. And actually Libra is about balance. So some of the positive manifestations of Libra energy are harmony and relationship, balance, relating, partnership, being a lover, <laughs> diplomacy, fairness, justice, grace, gracefulness, uh, charisma and being charismatic, respectful, and reciprocity, togetherness, nice things, art, artists, art lover, patronage, beauty, aesthetic, style, and fashion, elegance, loveliness, fine taste, idealism, creativity, social grace, socialness, like being sociable in general, fitting in, manners, this is a big one, I feel like for Libras, politeness, being nice, cordiality, thoughtfulness, tact, consideration, cooperation, peacekeeping, peace seeking, compromising, tolerant, even keeled. So Libra being um, ruled by Venus, Libra is a cardinal air sign. So it does still like to take action. It's the initiating of new things. It's the initiating of fall. It starts fall. And as an air sign, air rules the mind and the intellect. It's quite intellectual. It's like the other Venus ruled sign is Taurus, which is very earthy and embodied. Um, Venus and Libra is much more um, active and much more social and much more uh, communicative and much more verbal. Um, and much more focused on beauty in a different way, maybe fashion and aesthetic and style. And certainly much more social and, and more about connecting with people, sharing ideas, appreciating art, making art, being creative. So, um, and, and relationships are just very, very significant. It's about the we, not just about the me. 
during Libra season that's really highlighted whatever house in your chart Libra rules. So for me, it actually is my relationship sector of my chart, but for you, it could even be your money house is governed by this energy. Libra shadow, let's talk about that. So some of the ways that Libra energy can manifest if it's out of balance, codependency, being codependent, being indecisive. Oh my God, I have so many planets in Libra in my chart. It's so hard for me to make decisions sometimes. It's just crazy. So that's a really big one because you just can see both sides and you're just weighing it and you're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right, so indecision, people-pleasing, approval-seeking because they care so much what others think and so much of their self sense of self is tied into... Um, being with other people that they feel they need that in order to be okay. So lacking self-trust, sometimes even self-betrayal, right? Because if they feel they need that other person's approval or they need the relationship with the other person to stay safe or to, you know, to stay in their comfort zone, they will literally betray themselves um, and what they think or they know to be true or what they need just to keep, it's a sacrifice they'll make to keep the relationship the way they feel that they need to keep it. Um, okay, they need to be liked at all costs. <laughs> um, cow-towing, right? So that's an interesting word, but it means to defer or give in to others, right? So it's like, oh, fine, what I want doesn't really matter. Let's just do what you want because at the end of the day, it's not worth risking you hating me or like me losing the relationship being really easily swayed by others um lacking boundaries and just letting other people always take the lead or do or what they want um when it's not working for you because you're so um needing that relationship to stay stable um insincerity this is an interesting one as well so because it doesn't feel safe safe for libra a lot of the time to speak their truth if it's not going to be in agreement with the other they can sometimes be insincere to be nice or to be pleasant or to avoid rocking the boat or um risking or jeopard they don't they feel that it's threatening to rock the boat or to jeopardize any relationships yeah, being fake nice, <laughs> dimming to fit in, same thing. They just really want to belong. They want that approval. Um, gossip is interesting um, because they are very social and they are very aesthetic and they are very much about wanting things to be nice and to fit in. If there's something that doesn't, they might, um, even though they are nice, they may judge that rather harsh, harshly or talk behind the back, like definitely not to the face. Um, because they avoid conflict at all costs. <laughs> this is just not every Libra is like this, but this is just at the core a Libra archetype. Um, a superficiality, again, which can tie into just being really um, aesthetically driven, right? So that's actually not bad or shallow at all to um, value beauty and aesthetic, but out of balance, there can be a superficiality um, thing. Libras can sometimes allow themselves to be doormats. They also can have a perfectionistic streak and be caught up in vanity as well because of that desperate need to be approved of and needing to be liked and accepted and in harmony. 
So those are the Libra keywords. You can just choose whichever ones jump out to you. Um, if there's any in the shadow side, you may want to watch that <laughs> and bring away like loving awareness to yourself so that you can steer clear of any uh, anything that doesn't honor you. Um, and then you can lean into some of these sort of more empowering keywords here in the light. If there's any that, that you really like want to try on and lean into. And then let's look at these Libra cues. I actually wasn't satisfied with these when I did them, but I'll read them off, any, off anyway. So um, I think it's the gist of them. I just, I didn't perfect them maybe next year. All right. So for Libra season, some nice questions to ask ourselves. What are the most important relationships in my life? What makes a good relationship? How am I contributing in my relationships? How am I receiving in my relationships? Whose approval do I need and why? How do I handle conflict? How often do I betray myself to keep the peace? Do I stand up for myself when I feel wronged? Am I often able to find compromise with others? Where can I create more balance in my life? How can I bring more of my favorite art, aesthetics, and overall beauty Thank into you so my much life? For joining me here on Sacred Star and lastly, podcast. what does harmony feel like in my body? If you heard today, please like, subscribe, okay. so, and leave a comment. Those are just some questions. These are also on my Instagram page. Maybe I'll post them on my website too. On my website um, at if you want to use them to journal, but yeah, welcome fall season. So we're grounded now. We have more air. Um, Libra energy happening and so it's not just Mercury being retrograde and we have like actually on this day the sun um, is Kazemi it's conjoining Mercury or Mercury is Kazemi so um, when a planet conjoins the sun exactly within like even just a few minutes I don't tend to work that much with Kazemi's Planets that are next to the sun are considered generally afflicted. Um, they're combust. You can't see them. They burned up in the rays of the sun. It's considered a part of the planetary journey where they go through the sun and they become purified and are reborn anew on the other side. Um, but there's also a period, a point where they are like directly in the heart of the sun, like exactly, exactly conjunct the sun that it's considered Kazemi, which is actually beneficial. It's like, okay, now this, the, the sun is helping you do more mercurial things. So in this period of the Mercury retrograde, actually on this um, autumn ingress or Libra ingress, the first day of fall, um, if you have any mercurial endeavors that you wanna do, you gotta sign a contract, you have to do something mercurial. Um, today might be like a decent day to, you know, rock that because many people consider that mercury to be supported because it's exactly Kazemi or conjunct the sun. And that actually happens at 11.50 p.m., um, which is Pacific, and then um, 2.50 a.m. on the 23rd um, Eastern time. And that's at zero degrees and 14 arc minutes of Libra. So I never have it exact on this chart here, but yeah. So um, the Mercury Kazemi late at night, early in the morning, September 22nd, 23rd. Okay.
Moving along, Friday, September 23rd. This is kind of an interesting day. So the first thing that happens is the moon moves into Virgo really early in the morning, 1253 AM. It's actually a very Virgoan day um, because we're actually gonna have Mercury retrograde back into Libra or back into Virgo as well. So um, we are entering our balsamic moon phase where the moon is getting smaller and smaller. It could be lower energy, but still kind of productive uh, with the moon in Virgo here and Mercury retrograde, still retrograde, but now back into Virgo, it's sign of exaltation. Mercury does extremely well in the sign of Virgo. It rules the sign of Virgo and it is also considered exalted here. Um, Mercury to do with everything to do with communications, Virgo very much about the details and how we're going to you know, materialize those in, in the physical world in, in a practical way that really works for us. So um, it's interesting because it is a little mixed because once this happens, it's all being opposed by Neptune and Pisces, which is blurs things like it makes things still there's still a foggy element of not being able to see exactly or not being maybe it's not just being able to see but it's not being able to control every detail or all the things exactly there's neptune does really cast a mist over things and the way that neptune does it is that like you don't even know that you don't know <laughs> so we don't want to get too excited but um but nonetheless mercury does gain a lot of dignity just by going back into to virgo it's like its nature is to be communicating and doing stuff and be in the details and so it, it's working in that sense Okay, and yeah, this kind of harkens back to a lot of August when we had Mercury in Virgo and we were like direct before it went retrograde. So we may be kind of like reviewing some of those things that we were doing at that time. And so, yeah, we are still reviewing. We are still doing all the re's for Mercury retrograde. So now Saturday, September 24th, moon square Mars. So the moon in Virgo Squares Mars at 10.51 a.m. It's really brief, but it's just a little, it's a brief feasting. This is where you want to assess your boundaries. Um, it's a good thing to consider given today's other transit, which is that Venus is opposing Neptune also on this Saturday, September 24th. And that happens exactly at 10, or sorry, 1.51 a.m. at 23 degrees, 23 degrees and 50 minutes on uh, Virgo Pisces. So um, the moon and Mercury retrograde are in Virgo and they are in a sign-based square with Mars in opposition with Neptune. So it's, it's just really not a day for clarity, but Venus in particular has beauty and, um, and love significations. And so when she squares Neptune, or rather, sorry, she's opposing Neptune. She's not getting the clarity, but she might not know that she doesn't know, right? This is the same aspect that we talked about Mercury just having. So these planets in the late degrees of Virgo are opposed by Neptune in the late degrees of Pisces. And so whatever it is that we're trying to like wrangle details in the physical world, um, there's some sort of sense of the 
great beyond, like we're never going to get it all together. Um, we can't figure it all out. So this is still, and especially in matters of love or matters of the heart or anything Venusian to do with creativity as well. Um, beauty, there could be like, um, an idealization or like, you know, you're just Neptune can blur your vision. It can make you see, um, you can't see clearly. You might be sort of idealizing something or just kind of hoping something will, will work out. Um, at its worst, it can actually be willful deception. You could actually be like deceived by another person. But um, I tend to think of it more, this is a very fleeting transit for Venus, um, but Mercury is still kind of in there. So, and the moon is in there now too. So this day in particular, there could be really like a sense of, um, romanticizing something but like we don't have the full picture and it's not really like fully something we can define or trust or lean on so just knowing that okay sunday september 25th we have the moon entering libra at 9 30 9 a.m pacific um and the moon becoming new in libra at 2.54 p.m. And that's at 2 degrees and 48 minutes of Libra. Let me just scooch this forward just a little bit. There we go. Yeah, so the Libra new moon, this is ruled by Venus, who is in Virgo, and she's also trying Pluto today. So, um, the, yeah, the ruler of this new moon is kind of in an empowering sort of self-empowering uh, grounded aspect today um that kind of perfects at 10 46 p.m pacific like later in the night but it's like certainly an aspect even for the few days before this so there's sort of a sense of empowerment in a grounding way but this libra new moon um, is very considered, very much um, concerned with relationships, harmony, and balance, and also art. Like, Libra really is the sign of the artist. It really is. It's so creative and wants everything to be beautiful. Um, so we may have new beginnings, new moons, again, planting new seeds, new beginnings in the Libra house in our chart. Um, but this new moon is also really opposing Jupiter in Aries, is retrograde so there's still there's really like a sense of balancing the me and the we um and and trying to kind of figure that out like an opposition is a hard aspect but jupiter is a nice planet so with jupiter often it's like something is just like okay we need a little bit more over here in the aries sector of our chart maybe we're like we like speak up and we're a little feisty but maybe like it's a little overblown or like we're figuring it out but it's you know it's easy for things to be a little bit more out of balance but it's it's um it's not too crazy because jupiter is a nice planet so i think we are just figuring things out in terms of balance between relationships on this day and planting new seeds in the libra part of our chart and these new seeds um these new seeds are nice because the ruler of this new moon is empowered by pluto and it's like it's grounded so that's quite nice. What do you want to do with it? What new seeds do you want to plant in the Libra house of your chart? What chart or what uh, house does that rule in your chart? Looking at that kind of new cycle there. Okay. 
Monday, September 26th, we have Mercury conjoining Venus at 10.59 a.m. at 26 degrees and 47 minutes of Virgo. Um, definitely still obscured by Neptune. This whole thing, conjunction of Venus and Mercury is um, opposing Neptune over here in Pisces. So it's not super clear, but it could be really creative. Um, like bringing beauty and love and communications together could be very creative, um, especially with Neptune opposing it because it could help you to idealize something or to dream something up. Just don't be expected to be too rooted in reality. <laughs> All right. And then we actually have the sun opposing Jupiter on the same day. So there are continued themes. Um, sun and Libra, uh, a three degrees Libra opposing Jupiter at three degrees of Aries. So Libra is about relationships and Aries is about the individual. So the we and the me and there being sort of a balance that needs to be struck there. So that's a cont continued themes with this Libra new moon and then the moon is still in Libra on this day. And she's trining <clears throat> Mars in Gemini and Saturn in Aquarius. It's like a grand air trine. So there's a lot of ideas. Like I said, this would be a great day for writing um, and communications, especially if they are creative, keeping in mind Mercury is still retrograde. So it's nice if you're even, especially re revisiting other former creative projects. Tuesday, September 27th is a productive day because we have Mercury, the planet of communication, trining Pluto, which is what Venus was just doing. Um, Mars is trining Saturn, which is retrograde. And we're going to have that trine three times because Mars is going to go retrograde too. But this is like, you know, it's a... Um, so Mars trines Saturn, which is retrograde, is at 10.59 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday, September 27th. And... That is at 19 degrees and nine minutes of Gemini Aquarius. And then, yeah, so it's the first of three um, because we're going to have Mars go retrograde and try and Saturn again. And then when Mars goes direct, he will try and Saturn again. And that's going to take a long time. So this is the beginning of a process now of Mars wanting to plow forward and do something in that Gemini house in the chart and getting and like looking for support from Saturn and Aquarius. So looking for support from structures, pre-existing structures or trying to build new structures or, um, systems or working with authority figures. Um, but because Saturn is retrograde um, and Mars is going to go retrograde, this is going to be a longer process. So um, whatever it is that you're trying to start in your Gemini house, um, expect that to just, and just like start it, like do whatever you're going to do. Um, you can't hold back the tide, but be really patient and know that it may take a while to lock down the support that you're looking for, for that or to figure it all out, but that it really will come together over the next <laughs> seven months. September 29th, Thursday. This is a day where I got a lot of stuff written down. Okay, so Venus ingresses into her domicile of Libra at 12.49 a.m. And so this really amps up Libra season. So Venus rules Libra. Um, and she is super empowered 
here in the sign of Libra to bring about everything that she wants to bring about. She is combust the sun here like she's also under the beam so she's not in her maximum power but it's still pretty good it's certainly a leg up from her being in um virgo so venus the artist the lover in the sign of relationships and beauty and art it's pretty good um she is also largely out of the way of malefics like later in her cycle she's gonna have a like a day or something where she's a couple days where she's with pluto and it's uncomfortable but mostly she's like being supported by saturn she's being supported by mars and um she's opposing jupiter but jupiter is a nice planet so this is uh pretty nice for libra endeavors and any your libra house in your chart is getting some blessings now that your Virgo house was enjoying. So whatever um, house Libra rules in your chart, you can look for some nice for, for grace there. Friday, September 30th, hang in there. <laughs> Mercury stations direct in two days, but it's opposite Neptune. So it's not going to be moving and there's going to be some fogginess. Um, before. It's going to take a little while for things to clear. And the facts may not get us just where we want to go or all the details. We may need to depend on faith, which is very Neptunian, right? It's like the other realm that's like just beyond all the physical, material, real world, quote unquote, details. So faith, spirituality, art, just everything that's like a little bit beyond what we can grasp. And that may feel hard to balance these two things because we can't just escape into that nebulous world. We still have to like cross our T's and dot our I's. So how can we bring balance to these two ways of being? Um, and yeah, the facts may not get us where we, we want to go and we may have to um, lean into something that's a little bit beyond that. And that's not always the easiest. So this entire fall period is really great for integration. Important growth is happening, but it just may not feel like it. And Saturn and Uranus, who have been squaring each other since, you know, pretty much since Saturn moved into the sign of Aquarius in December of 2021, uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, 2021 why am i tripping anyway it's been a few years um and that's really been reflecting this like social unrest um systems versus the rebels against the system and that's on both sides of like all sides of the political spectrum we've been seeing a lot of, of that over the last couple of years and there's um there is through through the fall and through the end of september we're also having that aspect intensify even though it's not going to become perfect again it's just a, an extra layer that's in the background there that kind of ramps things up so the fall really is october <laughs> october is gonna feel you know interesting as mars begins to slow down we're gonna have an eclipse we're gonna have another eclipse in november Mars is going to be retrograde at, around Halloween. Um, it's just a, and, and be retrograde until like mid January of 2023. So, you know, um, this is a good month here in September to like, you know, begin with this retrograde energy with this Mercury retrograde energy and be looking at um, what we want to review and like finish up before we start a really new phase in 2023 which will especially feel like a big tone shift will be a big tone shift come march with three planets moving um into brand new signs so um that is 
it for this month of September. My God, I have got to get simpler. This is such a long forecast. Go and talk about like Mars and Gemini and all these Virgo planets. It's like me writing down every single aspect and then trying to cover them all. It's too much um, for a monthly forecast. I really should be like truncating it and then <laughs> doing dailies where I talk about the moon, but I'm figuring out as I'm going as well, what's working for me as an astrologer and how many spoons I have. So thank you for being here. If you're still here, I hope you enjoyed the timestamps. And um, if you want to join me um, to kind of get out of the super intellectual pieces of astrology and get more into the embodied kind of practices and connection, um, you can become a patron. Uh, the lowest tier will still include all of the full moon journeys and the new moon chit chats and everything. And the, the lowest tier is $8 a month. And I'm giving you a lot. I'm, I'm giving a lot. I have some of my older meditations available for digital download as well. And pretty much just any anything that I have the, the spoons to do. But um, one of the things that I love to do with astrology, once I've combed through all these like Virgo and details, is now I've got them all down and I can let them go and relax. And I can go into um, spiritual practice, prayer, meditation, um, embodiment, and and actually, I'm still working on integrating these two sides of myself because I can be so type A, as you can see. If you work with me in meditation, it's so different. It's so different. This is, I like to get all this type A shit like set up so that I know it and then I can, yeah, release it and just, just move into something higher. Um, so yeah, if you're curious about what that's like, there are some free meditations that I got on Insight Timer, which is a great meditation app, and also on YouTube. They're all on my website as well, sacredstarlight.com. And you can see sort of what those meditation journeys are like. I put a lot of energy healing um, in various modalities that I've studied that I combine theta healing, pranic healing, Reiki, breath work all of these things, and then just magic and ritual, all of these things come into these ceremonies, um, which we can do virtually. And the energy work does travel across time and space. So that's really cool too. So feel free to check those free resources out. And if they resonate with you, you can join me on Patreon. And um, yeah, I'm sending everyone blessings and love for a perfect September. And for good September surfing, to surf this energy however however you want to, however you can. And just reminding us all and myself right now to invite cosmic help whenever we need it. And sometimes that's just shouting a prayer from, you know, your rooftop or um, calling a friend, you know. Um, so I think that's it. All right. Thank you all so much. All my love. Thank you so much for joining me here on Sacred Starlight Spiritual Podcast. If you loved what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Follow me on Instagram at sacred underscore starlight or visit me on my website at sacredstarlight.com. <laughs>